One of the biggest complaints I hear from photographers is that they are not booking enough clients or hardly any at all. Well, if you haven't already heard, the Boost Your Bookings Bootcamp event is coming up really soon. During this five-day virtual live event, I'm going to be sharing real strategies that lead to being a profitable photographer. Some of the strategies we will be covering include how to stand out in a saturated market, pricing mistakes you're probably making, and marketing myths you are believing, to name a few. What would more clients on your books mean to you? Our next virtual live five-day bootcamp is starting soon, and it's only $17 to join. You can go to brookjefferson.com slash bootcamp to get signed up. This small investment could be the difference between you staying in the same place and skyrocketing your business this year. If you are doing something in your business that you're excited about, do not stop talking about it because you feel annoying. Talk about it because you're proud of it. Talk about it because you want people to see it and talk about it knowing that algorithms are working against you. And in reality, if you talk about it 20 times, there's probably only going to be two people that see it all 20 times. Everybody else is going to see it once or twice. So don't be scared to post about the thing you're excited about. Are you a photographer looking to build a five or six figure business that has both time and financial freedom? Maybe you're struggling to get clients on your books that don't know what to do to bring in your next lead. Maybe you're frustrated with social media because you see it working for other photographers, but you aren't seeing any results. Maybe you're an established photographer with a solid client base, but you're looking to go next level. The truth is that taking pretty pictures just isn't enough anymore. In order to build that dream career as a photographer that you had when you first got into this industry, it's going to take a toolkit of business skills, marketing strategies, and accountability. Hi, I'm Brooke Jefferson, a lifestyle photographer, marketing strategist, and business coach for photographers. Welcome to the Book More Clients Photography Podcast, where I share tried and true marketing strategies, interview other photographers and experts, and pull back the curtain on what it really takes to be the go-to photographer in your specialty. My goal is to help you turn your business both profitable and purposeful. If you're ready, let's jump on in to today's show. Senior photographers, listen up. I've got one of the best here with me today to cover your questions on how to create a senior spokesmodel team. Hope Taylor is not only my current business coach and mastermind leader, but a wedding and senior photographer located in Charleston. One business fact that I can't leave out is that she started her business at just 17 years old. I know you're going to walk away with some golden nuggets today. Hey, Hope, thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing your knowledge with us. Hey, Brooke, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. I know we've like been talking about this for a few weeks, but this is going to be such a good chat. And I was telling you right before we started recording, I have never done a podcast interview specifically on spokesmodels. So I'm super excited to talk to you about this today because it's a topic that's close to my heart. Yes, I love that. Okay, just so everyone knows what we mean when we say senior spokesmodel, what do senior photographers typically call this? Yes. So senior spokesmodels can be interchanged for a few different things. Senior reps is the other like really popular term, senior representatives, senior spokesmodels, senior models, like people call them a lot of different things, but essentially it's just a group of high school girls and guys who represent your business for the entirety of their senior year. We'll dive more into what that means, but it can have a lot of different titles, a lot of different terms. Okay, great. I just want to make sure everyone's like, wait, what is this? Is this something else I have to do? So anyway, I just wanted to make sure everyone was on the same page. 
Um, I'm so excited to get there. But before we do, I think it's important that we kind of paint the picture of how we even evolved to where you are now. So I mentioned at the top of the episode that you were a teenager yourself when you started your business. So give us a little backstory. How did you become this senior photographer at 17 years old? Yeah. So love this story. I'm going to give the cliff notes version and you tell me what you want me to dive more into, but I began my business. So I actually took a photojournalism class as a sophomore in high school. So I was only 16 when I took that class, which required me to get a DSLR camera. That was like, I had to have this camera in order to take the class. My dad was in the military at the time. So buying a camera like that was not an easy thing for our family to do. I was working at Chick-fil-A at the time. And so I didn't have much money to contribute, but I finally convinced them to let me take this class and to help me get a DSLR camera. We got a used one on eBay. It was like 200 bucks. So I took this class, loved photography, but it really wasn't something that like lit me up, got me super excited when I was a sophomore. Moving into my junior year, I worked at a local retail store making, you know, minimum wage, $7 an hour. And I was just exhausted. And I had always loved the idea of entrepreneurship in business. And I really excelled at the photojournalism class the year before. So initially the thought process was just like, I enjoy photography. I love business. I need to get my camera back off the shelf. Cause at this point it's just been dusty sitting there for so long. I'm like, I need to get this off the shelf. And so I pulled it out started doing pictures for friends and peers for fun. And then it just snowballed and I started getting paid. I think the first time someone paid me was a senior client whose mom just gave me $50 as like a thank you. And I was like, I went from making $7 an hour to $50 in an hour. And I was like, I am rolling in it. Like this is the life. And so it escalated to me quitting that part-time job. And then it escalated into my senior year. I actually applied to seven universities. I initially was planning to go out of state for an art degree. And then as my business was growing the exact same time that my um, degree was like, I was having to figure out these next steps. I decided to commit to the university that was closest to home, which was actually still an eight hour round trip from my house. But my thought process was I can come home, shoot on the weekends and continue this business that at this point was two years old. Um, And I got about two weeks away from moving into college and decided to revoke my admission and go full-time instead. So I've been full-time for eight years now, which is crazy. But because I started my business as a junior, the natural thing for me to do was to focus photograph my peers, do senior portraits. And that's what my business was built on. It's still the thing that I'm most known for in the industry. And it's the thing that I love the most out of everything that I do. Okay. So I've never heard that story either. Not the, I know you said cliff notes, but that was kind of like almost in depth for me because you said a lot of things I didn't know. Did know you worked at Chick-fil-A. I just knew you loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That was my first job. I love it. Uh, Okay. So the other thing is I love asking photographers this question. I don't think you can hear too many stories of how we got started because every single story is different in its own way. While there's people that could resonate with different parts of our story, what I heard out of yours, and because I know you're an Enneagram three, um, (laughs) I heard your, your mindset was almost like entrepreneurial way back when. Right. So like you were like, well, Hey, if I can make $50 photographing my peer, I can leave the minimum wage job and make it. So I just love your thought process into it. But I think the most shocking was that you revoked your admission and that Mm -hmm. you went full-time in your business. Okay. So real quick, because this is like the dream, right? We all have this dream where we want to do that. What were signals that you could do it? Was it belief Mm. in yourself? Was it, uh, did you invest in education? Was somebody telling you to go for it? I kind of want to know a little bit about what made you take the leap. 
I love that. So I'll dive a little deeper into this section of the story because there's more to it than that. So I had applied, like I said, to seven universities, actually. So I had seven options and I committed to the one closest to home and I was planning on pursuing a business and marketing degree. So I have gone to the school. I paid all the fees. I've met my professors. I have the college schedule. I've bought things for my dorm, like just to paint the picture. I'm like, I'm going to college. And I actually, at the time, my mom and I kept getting in these arguments because my mom kept saying to me, I just want you to know that if you want to stay home, you can stay home. Like, I just want you to know that option is open. It's an option because she knows me very well. And she knew before I did that my business was becoming just like everything to me. It was becoming my baby. And so she just kept saying that to me. And I kept getting annoyed. I was like this typical teenager, like, mom, stop trying to get me to stay home. I don't want to like, I want to leave. I want to spread my wings. And so it was just kind of this back and forth argument between my mom and I. And I literally woke up one morning crying and I just like was so emotional and I could not figure out why. And I just sat down with my mom and had this epiphany moment of like, I don't think I'm supposed to go. I think I just feel unsettled. I just don't think it's meant for me. But the piece of it I wanted to emphasize is that my dad was actually not on board at the beginning of this process. So he didn't get a degree till he was in his thirties. So to him, the idea of waiting to get a degree was just a bad idea. So the compromise was that I would stay home, but do community college at the same time as my business. So I did one semester of community college. I drowned. I had a full course load in addition to what was now truly a full-time business workload. And at the same time, I was just drowning. I was having mental breakdowns all the time. I was maintaining good grades in my classes, but I was just so unhappy. And so I sat down with my dad after that semester and tried to like negotiate again. And I was like, listen, I have never done my business without school as my focus. Like I've never just done business. So I want to see what it would look like if I just had one semester off to do just business. Like, let's see if I can make this truly a full-time salary. Let's see if I can make this busy enough so that in his mind, he's like, oh, she's still a teenager. She's going to sleep till 11 a.m. And then her business, quote unquote, is going to be just this thing she does on the side. And so I got one semester off. I got permission to take one semester off. And I have never worked harder in my life. Um, And so I basically, it was like this proving myself that I could totally make this a full-time career. And so I was making enough money to have a full-time income. Um, I was having enough of a workload where I truly had like a nine to five work schedule where I wasn't just sitting around doing nothing with my life. Like what my dad, I think was envisioning when 17 year old decides she doesn't want to go to school. Um, and so the two biggest indicators to me were one that I was making enough money consistently, um, that I had bookings coming in consistently. There weren't these crazy dry seasons. Um, and two that I had a full schedule. I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't like slacking and just like hanging out with friends and not doing anything. I was truly working the same number of hours as somebody would be with a full-time career. So to me and to my dad, who at the time was not hundred percent on board, those were the two biggest indicators. And because I worked so hard during that semester off, I was able to go full-time and never go back to school. And now my dad is like the most supportive man on the planet. Um, But that's kind of how that unfolded. And those are the two biggest indicators to me that I had to work my booty off to get to that level so that I didn't have to go back to school. Oh my gosh. Okay. Two parts to this. Okay. The first one is I really want to go back and I just want to hone in on this. Most of the time when you are trying to make a decision, especially about wanting to go full-time in your business, there are always going to be two sides to this. There's going to be either someone or something, right? Pulling you away from it, telling you that, Oh, I don't, I don't know. Like fear-based telling you, I I don't know. Like it's not initially that you can't do it. It's just like, I, I don't, I don't trust that right now. And I think you need to do something else that to me, a lot of times could be a spouse, 
that isn't, mm-hmm. is they're just worried about you. Like they, they don't yeah. get it. And you usually, you won't have that. And then you have somebody else like your mom or like a mentor or something mm-hmm. that's like, oh no, you can totally do this. So they're pushing you toward it. And the reason I bring that up is because I've never heard a story where those two things didn't exist. One pulling, yeah. one pushing. And so I, I just want everyone to hear that you're never fully ready for anything ever, ever right. in your life. I wasn't ready for my first child. I wasn't ready to be 19 years old with the business. I mean, like I've never been ready for anything, but I always yep. take the leap much like you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously we make smart decisions and we, you know, come in with an action plan and that's the important part, right? It's not like you just right. sit around watching your Netflix back then or whatever it was back then. And, you know, just chilling and hoping that your, you know, your clients would come in, you put in the work. So that leads me to uh, my question for you at that time, were you doing both seniors and weddings or when did weddings come into the picture? So weddings came into the picture during that semester off. So I actually told myself that I didn't want to pursue weddings until I was 1000% ready and prepared and had practiced. And that was mostly just because of my anxiety and because I just wanted to be well-equipped to charge a fair amount of money for my wedding services and not just go in charging bare minimum because I didn't know what I was doing. And so I did a full year of second shooting uh, before I started offering weddings. And that was around the time that I took a semester off. So I added weddings into my workload when I took a semester off Perfect. Okay. I just wanted to bring that. I'm very like, I want the details. I want to know, you know, what, what uh, your income consisted of. So yes, both senior photography and wedding photography. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So that brings us to how have you, and I'm specifically just going to talk about your senior side of the business and anybody that wants to study up on you can definitely go do that later for the wedding side, or we'll bring you back on later and you can talk about the wedding (laughs) side, but I just want to focus on the senior side. So how has your business evolved from when you first started dabbling with your peers and taking their pictures to what it looks like to work with you now? I would love for you to paint that picture for us. Yeah. So when I was first starting out, I was shooting pretty much every day. Like I was getting out there and shooting as much as I possibly could. So I was working for a very low price. Uh, so probably anywhere from 150 to $200 per session. And that included digital files that included the whole situation. So working for a very low price, working constantly. And I truly believe that making myself appear to be that in demand, even the times when I was working for free, made me grow quickly because it made me look like, oh, I need to book her really quickly. It added that urgency and that scarcity. So that's kind of what it looked like back in the beginning was photographing my peers. I would say 60% of the time for free, 40% of the time for a very low price for just working my butt off to refine what that process was going to look like. When I decided to go full-time, I actually about a year later got a studio space in the downtown area where I lived. So for a while I had this very sought after senior experience in my area where I had what was called the senior styling studio. And I partnered with local boutiques and I hosted clothing and accessories and pieces for my seniors to wear at their session in my studio. So they got to come the day of their shoot, shop for their outfits. I have that in air quotes, shop for their clothes, wear their clothes for free during the shoot. And I got to send those pictures to the boutiques. I had just this amazing client experience where my seniors got to come in, have the studio experience, have the clothing and accessories provided if they wanted to, two hours of shooting. And it was about six to have $700 investment per person. And I loved it. And then I actually have recently relocated to Charleston. So in the last two years, I've slowed down the photography side of my business. And so I'm shooting probably four to five seniors a month during busy season uh, for about $800 to $900 per session. 
And it doesn't include that styling experience because that was very specific to my studio and where I lived before. But we go all through downtown Charleston. I'm very hands-on in the process. It includes the digital files. And it is just one of my favorite things. But because now about 70% of my business is educating, I now teach other photographers how to scale their businesses to the degree of what I was doing in Virginia. Um, So when I had that studio space, that was in the height of me having successful spokesmodel teams of like 25 girls and having that styling experience and partnering with boutiques. That was like the height of my senior business. And now I've transitioned a little more into teaching other photographers how to do that. Yes. And I'm, I'm loving it. I get to learn from you, which is awesome. And even though I'm not a senior photographer or wedding, I get to learn so much. And so that's just a fun side note. So I already heard that you are basically set your client experience apart. I heard you say client experience time and time again. And that's one thing that, you know, I preach on, especially, you know, I have programs where we really design out client experiences because I think that's what you have to do in order to stand out. That's just one way, right? Like that's just one way. Then there's marketing and all the other things. So I want to know how can senior photographers who really want to go all in with their seniors, that's what they want to be the go-to for. How can they start making their business stand out, specifically even using a spokesmodel team? So I would love just to kind of, maybe if you've got some other tips that don't relate to that, that's fine too. But just to give them some love, tough love too, if you've got it. So what do they need? Yeah. So let's talk about this in two categories, right? Because I view senior portrait clients as totally different than my spokesmodel seniors, because they're kind of like two different families in the way that I handle those experiences. So let's talk about just senior portraits first. So as somebody who started their business at 17 years old, I obviously had a unique set of challenges where I just really felt this need to set myself apart in a way that overcompensated for my age. Um, And I would honestly, looking back, I'm like, I probably overcompensated a little too much. Like I probably could have embraced that I was young a little more than I did, but I very much wanted to overcompensate with professionalism and with efficiency and consistent workflows and turnaround times and all of those things. So Um, A few ways that I believe that setting yourself apart in the senior industry is a great way to go from an experience perspective um, is one, take the time to really get to know your seniors, like genuinely, not just on a surface level, take the time to get to know the clients that you are going to be working with. I do this with senior questionnaires. I do this by going back and forth with them to help them pick outfits. I let them text me selfies from the dressing room to help them pick the perfect like outfits and solutions and um, locations and all that stuff to make their sessions super personalized to them. So put something in your workflow that allows you to really get to know them on a genuine level and don't just get to know them and then do nothing with that information. Take that information and customize their session, find locations that they love, go out of your way to help them find vendors they can partner with. If there's somebody that wants florals or a certain type of outfit or a certain style, go out of your way to really achieve uniqueness with each of your sessions. Um, The second thing is turnaround times. And I am very like, I'm big on this. And a lot of people say that they're not. A lot of people are like, yeah, but work-life balance. And I believe those things can coexist. But with senior sessions, one of the things I've learned is seniors in this day and age, especially with how fast like social media moves and how fast online moves, instant gratification is your best friend. Like I would have seniors at their session ask me to take an iPhone photo of them just so they had something to post the second that they left. Like turnaround times are so crazy important. 
And I run a business now where I am working crazy hours. I have crazy responsibilities. I'm teaching students like thousands of them. Um, and I still do same day turnaround sneak peeks for my sessions. And so I truly believe in the power of doing a same day sneak peek for your senior sessions, because that not only makes your client experience incredible, right? Because they're so excited. They're most excited about their session with you the second that they leave their shoot. And so if you can get a like sneak peek in their hand, they're just super pumped and excited. You've made them feel awesome, but they also are way more likely to post about it. They're way more likely to turn around, share that picture on social media and hype up how amazing your business is if you get it to them quickly. So I believe there's no excuse for not doing same day sneak peeks, because if I can still do it right now with the business like workload I have, I believe everybody can do it. And I don't have any help with that part. So I just really believe in the power of turnaround times. Um, and third is, and I don't want to be vague here, but do whatever you can to set your senior experience apart, especially if you're in a market that's oversaturated with senior photographers specifically. I lived in an area where there were probably six or seven senior photographers that had been doing it for decades who were like well-known, established. They were the go-tos for all the high schools in the area. And I knew that I needed to set myself apart. So for me, that senior style studio and part partnering with local boutiques and really and like implementing fashion as a piece of my client experience is what set me apart. And I loved it. And my clients loved it too. So find a way to set your experience apart, because if you can market an experience to a senior, not just the photos, then you're going to be way more likely to book up. So those would be my three tips on a like actual senior portrait, senior session front. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So good. So I love to geek out over client experiences. I love to work with photographers, even like one-on-one -on -one in my programs too, and like really take their personality and take who they're working with and like put it all together and give them like, you know, a secret recipe that really helps set them apart. And I love right. all the things that you were throwing out there. So I'll go ahead and I will, you know, tell you guys, if you want to take this tip, take it, but two of the senior photographers in my programs, sit down and have like coffee dates with these girls or whatever yeah. you call it. They either meet at the local Starbucks or a local coffee shop or a restaurant. They have lunch together first. That's where they like literally map out the senior session. And I love the personal touch point because the more comfortable you can get your clients to be before they show up to your shoot, it is going to flow so much better. So if yeah. a lot of people think, oh, it's weird because I don't know how to pose people. That's not it. It's literally because you don't have a relationship with your client. And I think that's for all photographers, wedding photographers. If the first time you're seeing your bride and groom is on the wedding day, that's mistake number one, because mm -hmm. they're going to not be as comfortable and open with you at that point, which is kind of why a lot of people do want to book the engagements, the weddings. It's a chance to get to really know and grow and all that. So I just had to point that out because I love that tip so much. I just think that it's crucial. I really do. So with that being said, let's talk about how you set your senior photography business apart with the senior spokesmodel team. What yes. is it? How do we get one? What's the purpose? I want nitty gritty everything. <laughs> yes. So I love this transition. This was perfect transition because when I was photographing seniors to the degree that I was before, where it was like the entire, like heartbeat of my business was senior portrait photography. I wanted to set myself apart by implementing a spokesmodel program because I mentioned this earlier too. I wanted to always make myself appear to be crazy in demand. And I'm sure people listening are going to resonate with this, but back in those first two years, I had so many senior clients that would show up and they would be wearing like a white t-shirt and jeans and no makeup. And they would have put no effort into the way that they prepared for their session. And I would just leave feeling so frustrated because I wanted to attract a certain type of client 
who wanted to invest in their session and be excited about it and prepare an amazing wardrobe and go into depth about like what style they wanted and if they wanted like floral crowns and all these things. I had this just like dream client in my brain. And it was not resonating in the clients I was capturing. I just didn't have images that represented the type of client that I wanted to work with. So that was a huge piece of why I started a spokes model team in the first place. Second piece is I wanted to appear to be in demand. Third piece is that it plays back into client experience. I wanted my clients to have something more than just their images to be excited about. I wanted to build a community of people that could just totally rave about their experience with me in the way that they marketed me online. Because experience, like you said, it's just, it's the core of everything. I truly believe it's the number one thing that grew my photography business. And if I had this, like, I call them little minions. Like if I had this little squad of like of seniors that would just talk about their experience with me constantly, like that was literally their job, then I just felt like I could conquer the world. And so that was what want, made me want to start a spokesmodel team in the first place. So my very first team was six girls. And I believe I had one girl from each of the local high schools was my goal. And essentially a spokesmodel team in a nutshell is a group of high schoolers that represent your business for their senior year. And they have incentives uh, that they get as a part of being on the team. So things like free shoots, group events, um, free images, things like that in exchange for a list of requirements that you give them. So things that they are required to do for you, like sharing on social media, referring their friends to you, showing up to these events, preparing for their shoots well, um, following like inspiration boards for styled shoots, things along those lines. So there's so much that goes into this process, which we can dive into as much as you want to. But essentially, I would have these girls apply to be a part of the program because I wanted to set up barriers. I wanted to build anticipation and make it feel like this very exclusive, exciting program. I would select girls who were very excited about my team specifically. Like I said, I was in a very oversaturated market. Spokesmodel teams were very popular. I didn't want to pick girls who were just looking for free photos and applying to everybody. I wanted to pick girls who were excited about my brand, my business, and what I stood for and the relationship that I wanted to have with them. And they went through this whole application process. I selected them. And throughout their entire senior year, we would do things like group styled shoots and slumber parties and group events. And um, they would do their individual senior portraits with me. We would do many sessions together each season, just so many group events and fun things. And their job was to go out take those images and share about me anywhere and everywhere. And so it was just amazing to see the relationships built through that, the experience that they got through that, the images that came from that, like the images for my portfolio and my social media that I got from getting to like control what the shoots were and what the style was and what the outfits were having creative control over those things was so valuable to me. Um, and there was just so much that came out of it that I continued to refine the process and build it and make it like quote unquote perfect for my business. And I did it for four full years. And so my first team was six, I believe my next team was 10. My team after was 16 and my most recent team was 24 or 25. It was massive. And I've done a lot to refine the process, but one of the things or a few of the things I should say that I think really set my team apart were number one, that it was a very exclusive community. I marketed it as a very exciting, very um, like tough to get into type of program. And so that when people would apply, they were so excited when they received an acceptance email that they would have done pretty much anything I asked, truly. I mean, they were just so excited to be a part of it because I got to the point that I was getting over a hundred applications when I would open the doors to spokesmodel applications. 
And so when I marketed it in that way, I call it the art of FOMO, the art of the fear of missing out. I marketed it as this exclusive thing that you are missing out on if you were not a part of it. Um, and that allowed me to just really create an exclusive, incredible community. So marketing it as if it's this amazing experience, because it is, and letting people know that it's exclusive and that there's scarcity there and there's only a few spots available. So marketing it that way is huge. The second biggest thing I would say is really fostering community. I think that that is one of the things I did wrong at the beginning is that I focused on how it could benefit me. If I'm being super candid, I was like, how can these pictures benefit me? How can I do these shoots in a way that sets myself up to market better to my ideal client? That was more of my thought process. And I realized that that first team didn't get to build those friendships in that community that I really wanted to come out of that experience. And so in future years, I focused more on group events that had nothing to do with photos and having a group text message where I really tried to interact with them regularly and just giving them the opportunity to get to know each other outside of the photo shoots. Um, so I think that's another huge piece is just really fostering community. And three would be to really set up shoots that they are excited for and that feel true to the seniors. And this goes back to me, like having those selfish thought processes of how can these shoots benefit me? When I shifted that perspective completely and started going into the shoots more like, how can I make this feel like them? Like, how can I make them feel their best? How can I do her makeup in a way that makes it feel true to her? How can I make her outfits feel like herself in front of the camera? So I shifted my perspective to honestly from self-serving to service-based, like how can I make these girls just feel amazing about their experience with me. And I think that changed the game for me and really started to set me apart from other photographers. Well, I'm just going to say, wow. Um, I did not have professional senior photos ever taken. And I'm like, can I apply and be on your next one? You know, I'm not in high school, <laughs> but I would love to do the experience, which I think a lot of people listening are thinking, oh my gosh, like sign me up. That sounds amazing. So the community yeah. aspects and that exclusive access to you and to having these close friends and people they may have never met had they not been there, right? Because you're right. talking about pulling from different schools, which you're obviously from larger areas here. There's not as many and everybody pretty much knows everybody, even if they go 30 miles away to the high school down the street. But all that to say, it sounds amazing. <laughs> I noted a couple questions that I have for you and I won't go too in depth with everything, but just the main things that I am thinking and that I've seen asked before. So is there a fee to be on your spokesmodel team? <laughs> I am so glad you asked this because this is the biggest thing that I believe I did wrong at the beginning, because at the end of my first year of having a spokesmodel team, I loved them. Like they are amazing. I still talk to almost all of those girls. Like they did nothing wrong, but I ended up feeling resentful because of the fact that I put so much time and energy into the team and monetarily, I got very little return and I'm very much a businesswoman and entrepreneur. And so I'm always thinking about my time being a direct correlation to how much money I make. And I want to make sure that I'm making smart investments of my time. And I just felt really frustrated because I poured my everything into these girls, but I didn't charge a fee upfront for the like time of being on the team. And I ended up feeling resentful and frustrated and not enjoying the process. So yes, now, um, one of the biggest changes I made that I think everybody should do is that there is a fee to be on the team. And that fee is equivalent to the cost of one full senior session with me. So they're essentially paying for one senior session, but getting, you know, 10 times more than that on the spokesmodel program, but I'm being paid for their senior pictures. And that allows me to, honestly, I don't profit much, but it allows me to offset any expenses and rationalize the amount of time that I'm spending pouring into these girls. And so I charge in the cost of one senior session in order to be a part of the program. And I think everybody should do that. 
Yeah. Okay. So I love that. So I'm going to go one step further because I know, especially with senior photographers who don't feel like they obviously have this amazing client process yet, or maybe they're brand new or just dabbling in it. They're probably again, not charging what they could or what they should. And so do you offer payment plans for your seniors? Is this all up front? I mean, I'm just kind of curious how that works because I know like the technical questions are what people are going to get hung up on. No, amazing question. So I do require it up front. Um, the first event that we do as a group is called the meet and greet. And it's like a fun little like night out that we do with the girls. Um, and so I require that up front before the meet and greet. However, if somebody requests a payment plan, I do allow that. I just require it to be paid in full before the first photo shoot with deliverable images. So I don't deliver any digital photos until they've paid to be a part of the team, but they can still come to the meet and greet and all of that stuff and do a payment plan leading up to that shoot if necessary. Okay. I love it. Okay. So We're in 2021. And so your 2021 seniors are getting close to graduation. At what point do we start recruiting for future seniors? If somebody was like, I'm on fire or I've never dabbled in seniors, but you know what? I'm like, this sounds amazing. And I have a heart for teenagers and all of that. How do they start today? What does their plan need to be? Yeah, this is a great question. So, and this is actually a perfect timing. So basically I, and I like to start with this because in my area, like I mentioned, it was very oversaturated with senior photographers, very oversaturated with spokesmodel teams. So I started the process extra early because I wanted to recruit these girls before everybody and their mom was recruiting their girls. And so I started the process during the winter of their junior year. So if I was recruiting girls for class of 2022, I would be starting to recruit them when they're still in their junior year. So it would be the December of 2020 is when I would start recruiting them. So then they would become seniors in spring 2021, and then they would graduate summer of 2022, and they will have spent almost a year and a half in total on my team. So I like to launch applications during December or January of their junior year. So then we have our meet and greet event, March or April of their junior year. We have our first shoot together, May of their junior year. And then we start working together over the summer and they're going into their senior year with digital images to share. um, And they're already marketing about me before they even go into their senior year. So there's some strategy behind that. And so I recommend launching applications as early as you can, but it doesn't have to be as early as me. So I would say at the latest opening applications in March or April of their junior year is ideal because then you can do the first shoot before their senior year. That's the goal is you just want to do the first shoot with the team. So they have marketing materials before they dive into their actual senior year. Okay. So, so good. Okay. So that actually segments into another question I was going to ask you, what is marketing for this look like? Cause I am going to bet it's not, let me throw this up one time And then hope that I have a hundred applications in the next five days or whatever. So what does that look like for you? Yeah. So I primarily market on social media. So I don't do any type of email marketing or any paid advertising or anything like that for my spokesmodel program. Instagram has always been my biggest platform. So for my spokesmodel team, I'm focusing on Instagram and I'm focusing on Facebook. Um, I, and you've heard me say this before, Brooke, I, we talk about this in the mastermind all the time. There is a statistic that says that somebody has to see something seven times in order to opt into it, in order to buy it, in order to even really know that it exists because of how fast moving the digital marketing world is. I'd even argue now it's closer to like 10 to 12 times somebody has to see something in order to fully process it. So with that statistic in mind, posting about your spokesmodel team one time is not going to cut it. 
I talk about it on social media until I feel like I am so annoying that people like are just so tired of me. I talk about it nonstop. I share about it on stories. I share about it on my feed. I share about it on Facebook. I talk about it on YouTube. I literally talk about it anywhere and everywhere the entire time the applications are open. And so that is the biggest thing I hope everybody walks away with from this like podcast interview is if you are doing something in your business that you're excited about, do not stop talking about it because you feel annoying. Talk about it because you're proud of it. Talk about it because you want people to see it and talk about it knowing that algorithms are working against you. And in reality, if you talk about it 20 times, there's probably only going to be two people that see it all 20 times. Everybody else is going to see it once or twice. So don't be scared to post about the thing you're excited about. But I also, a huge part of my spokesmodel program marketing strategy is that I recruit any of my past senior clients and any of my past spokesmodels to help me promote this program. So I reach out to them and I create Instagram story graphics for them to use. I create things for them to post on their Instagram feed if they like to. I create swipe copy for them to use if they want it. Um, And I also ask them to send the uh, link to the application to anybody that they think would be a great fit, especially if they were already on my spokesmodel team. They get early access to the application and I tell them to send it out to any of their friends that have been waiting for it or excited about it or really want to apply for the team. So ideally, before I even open the applications to the public, I already have applications coming in from Spokes models, which means that they're likely going to be ideal fits for the spokesmodel team because my spokesmodels are ideal clients, right? And ideal clients are friends with ideal clients and jerks are friends with jerks. That's how I believe business works. And so my past spokesmodels are typically friends with ideal clients of mine, which means that if I can give them early access and get those people in like at first, then I'm already set to go before I even open applications to the public. Oh, so much good stuff. I hope y'all are taking notes because this is amazing. <laughs> I'm over here like, well, if I ever want to pivot to seniors, I've got my entire marketing strategy ready to go. Um, okay. My last question for you is parents. How does this work? Mm-hmm. How are you? I know when you market to seniors, you know, and seniors do this anyway, they're like, Hey, I saw this really cool pair of shoes. I want this purse. I want this backpack. I want to do this and that. How do you market this? and work with parents alongside of these teenagers, because most are obviously not 18 yet. So they can't necessarily make their own decisions. So I'm just curious, because I think it's really important, while all this sounds fabulous and great, that we also talk about the, the legal aspect and how we work with parents. Such a good question. So I'm so glad you asked this. This is another one of the biggest mistakes I made in my first year of doing a spokesmodel team. From a legal perspective, I always included parents. They were always required to sign everything. They were always required to be there for all the things. Um, but I didn't include them from like a relationship and community perspective that first go around. So um, to answer your question with very practical things, um, when my seniors apply to the team, the biggest thing that they have to answer on that application is they give me all their parents' information, phone number, email, address, name, all the good stuff. So I I have parents' contact information across the board. They're also in the intro to the application. Um, And actually, you guys are going to get a free copy of this. So if you guys want to download a free copy of my entire spokesmodel application, including the intro and the terms and conditions I'm about to talk about, um, then it's going to be in the show notes. And it's completely free. So feel free to grab a copy. But in that intro, I emphasize the fact that If they are selected for the team, mom and dad are going to be notified first. So if you have not told your mom and dad that you are applying for this books model program, then you might not be accepted. So it's literally in bold, italic, like at the top underlined, let mom and dad know that you're applying. And then they have to check a box at the very end that says, I have notified my parents that I am applying for the Hope Taylor's books model program. 
from a legal aspect, but I don't necessarily have to collect any information then um, in order for them to be allowed on the team. But then when I select the girls that I want to be on the team, I do not talk to the girls themselves at all. The seniors get zero contact from me. I reach out to the parents and I say, hey, here seniors have been accepted. Here's who I am. Here's what this is. Here's the sample contract. Here's the information. Are you good with this? Like, does this sound good to you? Are you comfortable paying this fee? Let me know. Um, I typically end up getting on phone calls and talking to all of the parents. And once I have resounding yeses from all of the parents, they sign the contract and then I notify the girls. And I notify the girls with this really fun like gift box process. Um, but I notify the girls at that point. Then the parents and the seniors are all added into the same Facebook group. So they're all seeing the same updates, same communication. And I also try to just really maintain good relationships with the parents. Like I follow all their parents on social media, along with the spokesmodels. I'm commenting along on their life. I'm including them when I deliver galleries so that they can see the photos as well. I'm just making sure that I'm maintaining communication across the board. But the biggest piece is to make sure that the seniors know that the parents are who have control. So they need to know they're applying and you reach out to the parents first and get their signature on a contract before the seniors even involved. That is perfect. That was like the best explanation ever. I just think that it's really important that we cover that base because ultimately it's going to be your relationship with the parents that make or break your business right. at the end of the day, right? It's not, even if you have an upset senior for whatever reason, it still goes back to the parent, you know? And so yep. I think that's just really important that people understand that, Hey, you're not just working with 16, 17, 18 year olds. You're also working with the parents and everyone needs to be on the same page. So, right. wow. Okay. So this episode was just full of so much goodness. Um, my mind is like, Hey, we need a part two. So anyway, um, I, I love this. I mean, there was just so, so much. So senior photographers, I hope you ate this episode up and there is so much more hope can teach you. I promise you. So where can they follow along with you get connected and then also give us verbally the link for them to grab the spoke spokes model application for free. Yeah. So um, Instagram is the best place to follow me. Hope Taylor Photography. That is like where I post all the things. I also have a YouTube channel where I post weekly videos for senior photographers specifically, um, as well as all entrepreneurs. So that's a great place to go. And then the link to download that freebie is freebies.hopetaylor.com slash spokesmodel application. Um, and it includes the entire application for all the questions that I ask, as well as a photographer's version with like why I ask those questions and some pro tips and tricks. So it's actually a full 10 page guide. So super valuable, totally recommend getting your hands on it. I also recommend it because I downloaded it too, to take a look at it and read it. You guys, it's so good. So you definitely need to go grab that. Hope this has been so much fun. Thank you for coming on the show. And don't be surprised if I reach back out and ask you to come on for a second episode. <laughs> I would love that. No, thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. <laughs>